When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, welcome to Out of the Blue from Maze and Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, a podcast forged in the fires of Mount Doom, of which we pour all of our laughter, happiness, and our will to dominate all sports. I am Jared Stormer of mazeandbrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate. Andy, you ancient Egyptian prize fighter, I want to offer you to the Pharaoh as tribute. How the hell are you doing, brother? Doing well. I am hydrating right now on the strength of Greg Gard's tears and Brad Davison's as well. So it's been a great weekend as for supporting our teams and enjoying the downfall of others. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the salty tears of both Izzo and Davidson is uh, lovely for a hangover, I can't attest. Um, but uh, tears of joy from Michigan faithful after what was like the craziest, most banner sports weekend that I can remember. You know, it's really tough being this good at everything sometimes, you know, sure. it's like it's it's like you world traveler, podcaster, writer, everything you do is just golden. And so we had a Jared Stormer esque weekend this past weekend in Michigan sports. It is exhausting to be that awesome. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But to <laughs> recap it, to what was the banner weekend for Michigan? Um, first of all, we started the day as the reigning Big Ten champions in football, just like we do every day until next season. Let's let's not leave that out. Women's basketball team won its first round NCAA tournament game. Women's gymnastics team won the Big Ten championship. Wrestling team finished second, and then Nick Suriano won an individual title as champion. Hockey team won the Big Ten tournament. And then, oh, yeah, Michigan basketball advances to the Sweet 16, a place that most people argued we did not even belong, like let alone in the tournament. 
you know. Here's a fun thing to look up. When was the last time Michigan basketball was ranked in the top 16 this season? Like November? It would have been very early in the season. Yeah. Do you have the stat? Or are you asking me if I remember? I'm going to I'm going to pull it up right now. I'll see what we can get here. Use Vamp for a second. Yeah, see if you can find it cuz I yeah, I uh, I have absolutely no idea, but uh, I was able to catch the uh, some of the hockey game. It was not streaming here in Argentina, so I had to uh, just follow along as I could. Watched all the highlights for that, but I was following along with all the basketball action. Um, and Tennessee was a really good team, man. Like uh, we'll we'll talk about that game, but uh, you know, well, first we'll we'll start with the Colorado State game before we get into that Tennessee game, but. Two really quality opponents, and this Michigan team, they're just showing us something. Like, we've kind of been down on them all year, but the fight that they showed in both of these games, like, I'm obviously a believer now. And it all started off just so differently when the team comes out against Colorado State and they're knocking down everything, and our team is completely flat, just looks lost, don't really know what they're doing, go down by 15. And it's just like, oh, Okay, we're just going to get embarrassed and prove everybody right. And then Frankie Collins has a 5-0 run sparked by his defensive intensity, and the tide starts to turn. Man, that was one of my favorite plays of either game is the Frankie Collins steal and then uh, lay up down at the other end. Just absolutely switch the game on its head. He is a momentum changer, man. That's your boy. You've been on him all year. The godson, Frankie Collins. Uh, the first game, as great as Hunter Dickinson was against Colorado State, he had 21-6 and six in that. Uh, that will be known as the Frankie Collins game. Furthermore. Well, the fact that he's not a three-point shooter by any means and knocks down the first three of the game for us, and once that went in, I'm like, oh, it's one of those now, and just completely changed everything. But what I enjoy most about Frankie Collins is he can impact the game in more, even when he's not scoring, like with rebounding, assists, but especially on the defensive end, how much he tries. That's all it really takes on defense, and that stuff is intoxicating and is infectious and felt throughout the rest of the team. Uh, you know, we're both big Bill Simmons fans and he's fans of guys that give a damn. And that's just that's who Frankie Collins is. Like he comes in and immediately the defensive intensity, you see it. And then that trickles down to the rest of the team because like, oh, this is how this dude's going to be pressuring the ball handler. OK, we need to take our game up another level. Um, and you saw that uh, in, in both games and uh, Colorado State. Just the last thing I'll touch on in that one was that we shot four of 14 from three point uh, range in that game. That's 20 percent and we're still able to pull away later in this one so finding ways to win despite really not shooting well from from three-point range at all and two very different games facing adversity in different times of the game as well like coming from behind against Colorado State in Tennessee like having the fast start and then kind of blowing it at the end of the first half and coming out and reasserting themselves so it's been fun because like this team's just showing a lot of versatility and how they're going to win the games. But is there a curse on the small forward of Michigan players in the tournament? Because last year, Franz Wagner just like went MIA for a while, and now Caleb Houston's been infected. Yeah, that might be the case, but uh, we make up for it with guard play and Hunter Dickinson playing otherworldly. He had four blocks against uh, Colorado State, and then he goes for 27 and 11 and great defense against Tennessee. So uh, you might be onto something with the small forward, but uh, luckily that does not infect other parts of the team. Like the Eli Brooks game, where in God's name did that come from? 23 from Brooks. The Brooks hook? I mean, the balls it takes to pull that shot off is... is just unbelievable and all right i have the ranking stat for you finally november 15th that week poll michigan was ranked fourth in the country the next week 
Michigan was ranked 24th. The following week, unranked. And now we're in the Sweet 16. <laughs> wow. That is wild. Yeah. I mean, if you were not one of the believers that thought we could get here, uh, no one would be, you know, too critical of that because I think even we were like, well, I don't know, maybe we'll win one game. But to get Tennessee, a really good Tennessee team, by the way, like that Tennessee team is legitimate. And that's one of the best defenses that was in the entire tournament. I was very impressed with them, man, throughout. Even you and I were texting during the game, like, Tennessee is flat out a better team than us, but that doesn't matter the NCAA tournament because all you need is one good night. Their guards were very aggressive, tested ours, and Villanova's going to be a tough test, but I don't know if they're going to have the same defensive perimeter intensity that the Volunteers brought last weekend. Yeah, Villanova is going to be a totally different challenge and they are really strong on defense, but they don't have like individual defenders that are quite as impactful as Tennessee did. Kennedy Chandler, I was very impressed with him. Um, you know, that was a really cool moment with him and Juwan at the end of the game, too. Um, a lot of these guys like they've known each other since, uh, you know, they were really young. And in the oh, case yeah. of Juwan Howard, like. You know, he offered Kennedy Chandler knows his dad. So that was a really cool moment. But uh, Kennedy Chandler, as a basketball player, I was very impressed with, uh, especially on defense. And uh, yeah, you, you made the comparison to the Villanova team. The, the the Nova team is is drastically different, but they're also going to be extremely annoying in a lot of ways, like just like Tennessee was to play. Yeah, this could be a big uh, Terrence Williams game, I believe, kind of jumping ahead a little bit to Villanova because they really play that four out, one in kind of style. And T Will gives you that versatility on the outside that maybe Musa Diabati doesn't quite have yet. Yeah. And uh, I think we were maybe not screaming for it, but we were really, really starting to wonder why we weren't getting more Terrence Williams and Buffkin minutes. Um, and then we did see Terrence Williams in this. He was played more than Brandon Johns, where against Colorado State, it was more Brandon Johns. Um, that, you know, Colorado State was a vastly different roster that we were going up against, too. But Terrence Williams, I totally agree. I think he'll be big in this one. Um, yeah. Who do you think uh, is going to be charged with uh, with guarding Galepsi, Colin Galepsi? That's that one's really tough, man. I, I, how tall is Colin Gillespie? I think he's six three. That that would be a tough ask of Frankie Collins. It might be Devonte Jones. That could be his welcome back game. He's finally healthy, supposed to be playing. Keep him in bubble wrap. I'd like to watch Devonte Jones go up against him. But here, Frankie Collins, because both are dogs on the ball. So that would be a lot of fun to watch. I mean. Hell, it's not above Frankie Collins to pick him up. He picked up what's-his-face from Colorado State at half court. He picked up Roddy, and it wasn't a disaster. That's when I texted you. I was like, okay, he just picked up Roddy, and that went okay. Who is this yeah, he, dude on defense? Yeah, he took his cookies and dunked it. I was like, okay, Frankie, you're not afraid of anybody, and that like lack of fear from a freshman is very rare. Roddy the oddity. I don't know how that's not his nickname. It needs to be. Guy is massive. You did not undersell him at all. I was like, good God. Like, this guy is thick. He's got, he is thick and he's very fluent. I mean, that was a masterful job defensively. I think that kind of ties into the Juwan Howard theme of this. He's coached two very solid games, and the second half of Tennessee might be the best coached half of his career. Totally agree, man. We are on the same page with that. Like the second half was a complete masterclass by Juwan Howard. Timely rotations. Um, you know, he played his his horses. It was 39 minutes from Brooks and 38 minutes from Dickinson. Uh, he mostly played his best guys, which is what you need to do. But, you know, he switched it up enough on defense that it made it very difficult. They went stone cold. Tennessee did from three in that second half. And that's one of the best three point shooting teams in the, in the tournament. So Juwan Howard has been on his game and he'll have to be again 
again against this Villanova team that's extremely well coached, bunch of seniors, bunch of like annoying guards that are going to get open. Gillespie th- shoots like 41% from three. He's going to be super annoying. Um, I think you'll see some Brooks on him as well because Eli Brooks played a really good game defensively last week. So hopefully he can keep carrying that momentum because uh, we're going to need every minute of him and Dickinson again. Eli Brooks' revenge game against Villanova from the Let's 2018 go. National Championship. He was on the team. He was on that team. So it's like, it's right there, man. I, I love, we're playing Nova. The women play Nova here in 25 minutes in the second game of the, their bracket. So it's a lot of fun right now. I feel like Michigan has like this like very subtle rivalry. It's been brewing with Villanova, having played him a few times now. And it's, it's a very respectful rivalry because Jay Wright, you and I are probably in complete agreement that he's an elite head coach yeah, he's and good. it recruits and develops players there. And I, I'm still not over Dante DiVincenzo for what he did to our team. So I think we owe him one. Oh, we definitely owe him one. I haven't forgiven Dante DiVincenzo, that phantom looking son of a, I, yeah, I'll never <laughs> <laughs> get a tan guy. Just, just, just something. So we're due for like Kobe Bufkin or somebody just come off the bench and drop 35. Ooh, I like it. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be Buffkin. I think I don't think it's over. Maybe not thirty-five. <laughs> thirty-five for Buffkin is quite a call. <laughs> give me, give me Nunez for sixteen or something. It's wild. <laughs> uh, how many points does Dickinson need to have in this one? Because and it's another one, much like Colorado State, where we should have a big size advantage. It should be a big Dickinson game. We need we need twenty-five and ten from Dickinson again. Seriously. We need that we need that big effort inside and out, but really inside in this one, the way they play and the way he's seeing the floor and handling double teams, I think we need a big one from him inside. He's playing his the best basketball of his career on both ends of the court this past week. One hundred percent. You're not gonna hear any argument from me. And we've been critical of Hunter Dickinson in the past, so we definitely need to give him his praises when he's playing like he is now. And seven blocks in the first two games between Hunter Dickinson and Musa Diabate. And, and that's what we that. weren't seeing in the beginning of the year was the defense, the defense, like the rotations were sloppy and now they're looking crisp. They're communicating. We're like, we're, we're, we have rim protectors that are consistent, not fouling people. So that's been just a kind of a quiet revelation. That's not really being talked about as much as it should. No. And uh, staying out of foul trouble was huge in this. Granted, like they were letting those dudes play out there. I mean, it was like a bar fight for a while, uh, but keeping guys out of foul trouble, keeping Hunter Dickinson on the floor. And I mean, they played him 30, 38 minutes. So, I mean, they needed every minute of it, too. So that's that's been critical as well. And a lot of that, again, goes on Juwan Howard. Yeah, and both the games coming up could be revenge games of sorts because we could get Villanova for 2018. And we played Arizona earlier this year, and I think they beat us like 80-62 to back when our team was plummeting out of the top 25, like I alluded to in November. (laughs) So there's a path there to find motivation for both of these games with something to prove. Ah, that's awesome, man. And yeah, uh, we're recording this on a Monday, so we won't have the women's result in this, but uh, number three seeded Michigan women's team going up against Nova tonight, too. So that's exciting. And yeah, I've got them in my women's bracket winning the whole thing. So um, you got Michigan, I am assuming, still alive in your bracket. Oh, of course I do. Come on. In, in yeah. both brackets at all times. That a boy. That a boy. Good man. <laughs> I figured. I just had to had to clarify. You've got a lot of content you're consuming over there and creating, and now you're in on the Formula One too. So I just want to make sure you keep it all straight. Got got a, got a hand in every pot around here. Uh, <laughs> what, what was one team in the men's tournament outside of Michigan that really impressed you this weekend or surprised you? 
Uh, I would say, well, how about all the Big Ten teams? Um, Wisconsin not being able to break 50 points was certainly surprising. Uh, <laughs> Illinois not being able to break 60 and just having a dismal effort. Um, the the um, St. Pete's, man, absolutely wild. The Peacocks. That was awesome. They call their coach the Secretary of Defense. That's the hardest nickname for a head coach I've heard of this tournament. That's so cool. Yeah, you kind of need something like that when your mascot is the Peacocks. It's like in no way threatening or intimidating, but the Secretary of Defense, let's go. And yeah, that was that was awesome. And I think it was very interesting to see Gonzaga look human in both of their games against the 16 seed to open things up. Didn't get off to a good start, but didn't pull it away and asserted their will. But then against Memphis, really struggled. And Memphis is not a great team. So that was very surprising to me. Memphis is a lot like Michigan, though, in that like there were high, high expectations early on. They had a bunch of really good young guys. Um, and then the, the season just kind of fell off of a cliff. But they've been slowly improving and there's been some signs of improvement. So there were some parallels between the Memphis program. Um, I was also surprised. I watched the uh, Baylor, North Carolina game, which was absolute lunacy. It's a 25 point comeback only to drop it in overtime. Like that was Mayhem. crazy. That was the utter mayhem, man. So uh, it's just, it has not disappointed. This entire tournament's been a lot of fun so far. Like I've watched probably more basketball than I have in like the last two or three tournaments. I've really been focused in on it and just not disappointing at all. And I think it's wide open. Like all the remaining teams, like everybody is beatable on any given night. Like it's just been, it's very competitive, like top to bottom, like even, St. Peter's could be a bad matchup for Purdue because Purdue's really good offensively, not great defensively. St. Peter's is really good defensively and not great offensively. So it could be a cancel out kind of game where it comes down to the last two or three minutes. So even with the lowest seed remaining, there's going to be a competitiveness that it's kind of rare to see. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, the last two remaining Big Ten teams is uh, us and Purdue. And Purdue plays, uh, when is that game? That is, let me see, man, Michigan plays on... Thursday yep. night. Michigan plays on Thursday night. So, uh, yeah, it'll either be Thursday or Friday, I imagine. Let's see. They play think... seven. They play at 709 on, on Friday. Okay. On Friday. Yeah. So, what, another weekend uh, loaded full of sports. And we got Formula One again. Let's go. I know. And we'll get into Hockey Corner shortly because if hockey plays on Friday, so we could alternate men's basketball and hockey, not to mention if the women win tonight, women's basketball gets injected as well. Again, let's go. Best time of the year. Let's go. Glorious time of the year. I mean, normally when football goes quiet, it's, uh, you know, you kind of think of it as like, oh, now we're entering a lull. Not the case. At least not at Michigan. It's glorious. Yeah, but, uh, I saw a Michigan football hype video drop today, and I'm just like, it's almost too much. It's yeah. all, the, heart, the heart can only take so much. <laughs> so much internet. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's take a quick break when we come back. Going to talk Hockey Corner. Uh, we've got some news coming out of Michigan football. Unfortunately, not great news uh, regarding David Ojabo and, uh, and more. We'll be back right after this. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, 
flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back. Uh, Second half of this thing. Wanted to touch a little bit more on basketball before we move on. Um, Looking at this matchup versus Villanova, and we played really well against Tennessee. I would argue probably better in game two than game one. Um, at least from some like ball security standpoints. But what do we need to clean up in order to get over this Villanova mountain this time? Like uh, we, we had some issues with Franz Wagner. Remember going into the Florida State game last year, we're like, he has to play better if we're going to keep moving on. <laughs> he didn't. And we still moved on past that game. But what do you need to see? And is there a player you need to see improvement from if we're going to get over Villanova this time around? I think it comes down to freshman competence. And I think that really pertains to Caleb Houston. Just being a threat offensively. He's been doing much better defensively. That's what kept him on the floor. And he's been trying to find ways to impact the game. But he has to be able to at least have, be a threat to score the ball. And also, Musa Diabate has to be able to just avoid those three or four just bad plays he has every game. The missing the bunnies at the rim. The turnover late against Indiana. Things like that. Like Musa is so raw. You feel like you can excuse it for him. But at this level, we really can't afford that if we're going to beat a team as good as Villanova and go to the Elite Eight. I'm I'm with you on that. In fact, I'm going to double down on that because Caleb Houston, we got nothing from in the last game. Now, that didn't matter because we got so much from you got 50 points between Brooks and Dickinson, but that's not going to happen every night. You know, it might be somebody different this week. Devontae Jones, I'm sure, really wants to make his name felt after having to sit out those first two games. But Caleb Houston, like you said, he just needs to get us something. You know, in in the Colorado State game, he hit, what is it, back-to-back threes and ended up hitting three over the game. And that was great. Just those couple threes really shifted momentum. And, you know, like in this game, like having the three-pointer, you're never too far out of a game. So we're going to be down at some point against Villanova. Like you said, if he can hit those and especially early on and get his confidence up and just be something of a threat, that's going to be huge. He doesn't even have to be the biggest guy. He could be the fourth leading scorer and that'd be fine. But you got to get something out of him offensively. If Caleb Houston has 10 points, I'm going to feel outstanding not knowing anything else. If he has 15 or higher, like, oh, we won the game, no doubt about it. Like, that's the kind of impact he has on the game. Like, if he's just bringing that kind of contribution where it's not just like a P.J. Tucker-esque black hole offensively, just come out here and give us a little bit like that. Like, Because he can get hot. That's his thing. He's a very streaky freshman role-playing type scorer. So if he's on for 10 to 15 or more, I mean, that's what we need. 
Yeah, if he can get us 15, uh, knowing nothing else, like you said, I would feel pretty good about that. But I mean, if I would have told you he had an offer in a donut, basically the Tony Snell stat line, uh, if I would have told you that like going into last week, would you thought we would have won? Not a chance in hell. I would have thought we lost by 15. That's what I'm saying. So like the fact that we were able to do that without him is both encouraging because, you know, it says what we got in some of these other guys and some role players and Terrence Williams can come in at the forward position and really gives you something there. I think you're going to see maybe close to 20 minutes of him this this next game. Um, but yeah, if, if Houston can come in and just be a contributor, a solid contributor for us, the team gets much, much better. And uh, we haven't been shooting the, the three ball particularly well. And yet, here we go into the Sweet 16. So I'm here for it. If if Michigan beats Villanova and takes the step we think they can, then I'll officially say we're peaking and I'm going to pick us to go all the way. I'm going to say oh, it now. Why not? Yeah, why not at that point? I'm 11 seed. Been a while since we had one uh, make that quite that deep of a run. So that would be pretty historic if it's not historic already. Yeah. So, I mean, if, I mean, not too historic. But just remember last year we were on the wrong end of losing to an 11 seed. No doubt, but also five straight sweet 16s. Boy. So, yeah, like all of this could be building up for Michigan. And the Tennessee game, I think, was the best game we played all season on both ends of the court, even despite Caleb Houston's goose egg. Yep, 100%. And uh, I don't think you'll be you'll be seeing another huge point production game from Eli Brooks. We needed it in that one. But, I mean, ideally, he's probably your third scoring option your fourth scoring option wouldn't you think like how it's supposed to play out I would say he's third I would say he's like comfortably your third scoring option okay. I always put Dickinson one I probably put Devonte at two and then Eli Brooks and now where does that Brooks hook rank for you in all-time Michigan shots Ooh, well it's below the Jordan Poole shot yeah, and below Trey Burke. It's below the Trey Burke yeah master class versus uh, Kansas the the final couple minutes of that like three minutes of that game were insanity and then yeah the the shot that ended up tying it from like 40 feet um but it's it's in the top five so it's it's going to be in like the pantheon for sure maybe on the mount rushmore what about you same it's just one of those where it won't be as memorable because it wasn't like a buzzer beater game winner but that did win the game i mean that was the icing on everything there was no coming back it was insurmountable the way the game was going and with under a minute to play and just the difficulty of the shot, the shot, the shot selection from the ISO, like just unbelievable. The just. stones on the kid to attempt that eight, he's eight feet from the cup shooting a hook over a giant forward. <laughs> that is irrational confidence. And that's what it takes to make it to the second weekend of the tournament. I'm here for it. Yeah, that was an all timer, man. Uh, speaking of all timers, got to talk about home field apparel at Indianapolis. Incredibly comfortable, affordable sportswear brand with the largest and most comprehensive selections of college apparel in the game right now. Since you're listening to us talk about the domination of Michigan athletics, maybe you need to go out and celebrate, get a little home field apparel, shows right up at your door. Old school styles, new school styles, whatever you need. Home Field has got you covered. You can get 20% off your first purchase with MNB when you go to check out at homefieldapparel.com. All right, man, any final thoughts on uh, basketball before we close this one out and, uh, and move on? Do you have a prediction for Villanova? I think we exercise the demon. I think it's going to happen. Um, I've got it. It's going to be a tight one. So I'm going to go 71 71- 65 Michigan pulls away late big Hunter Dickinson game oh we are very close I am Michigan 73 72 we knocked down some free throws late to ice this team has been 
exceptional at the free throw line of late, Great which point. has been very nice to put, put salties away. So I think we get the job done here, and then we play Arizona in the Elite Eight. I'm I'm absolutely here for it. And then, you know, we're, we're already at house money. We said if we won one tournament game, it's house money. This is like, you know, this is essentially what uh, what Allen did in the hangover. Like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're waking up with thirty thousand dollars in chips under our pillow. Yeah, for no reason at all. Like all of this, this is why we're so like happy and giddy today. You're even fighting through a hangover, but your excitement can, <laughs> is still palpable. It's like, yeah, this is great. Like this is these are the good times. Like our expectations were low from where this season had gone, and they've l- exceeded them. That Tennessee game was just what we needed this year. You want to hear my favorite basketball stat? Please. Michigan is still the uh, reigning Big Ten champions in football. <laughs> You know, every day I wake up and before, you know, I get my coffee or anything, I just think about that. I look over at 4227 plastered, you know, right next to the picture of my family. And it's just like this <laughs> it's over that, the picture of my family. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Taped over them. It's like, this is why I get up in the morning. It feels good. <laughs> and next to that, then I have a picture of the hockey team. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Great transition. Uh, let's talk some hockey. Mi- uh, Michigan was able to pull it out. Got a little bit dicey at the end, but uh, some of those Minnesota goals were really just uh, window dressing. Four to three was your final in this one. You're our hockey guy. What were your thoughts on this one? Boy, this game was an absolute beating. Like, don't don't be fooled by the final score. Everyone that watches it knows what it was. So, it started off pretty grim, all right? Not going to lie. Pretty grim. They scored Michigan, within a minute. 32 seconds, my friend. Yeah. 32 <laughs> seconds. So they go up 32 seconds in, but that's kind of been what Portillo does at times. He'll give up an easy one early on. So he did that. But then, of course, Michigan comes right back down and answers within a less than a minute of that, I believe. Less than a minute 30. So then it's 1-1. And then Michigan puts a second one on late in the first. Bounces off a defender's skate. I saw uh, that one. That was That's a tough look for him. That is very tough. But then, like, the same pass, it's um, uh, Sam Sakavich. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Was trying to pass to Dylan Duke. And then the second period, they finally connect and Duke hits it home. So it's like a bad look for my guy missing the defense. Having it go off him once. And the next time they connect on it. And then Michigan puts another one in to end things. It was four one in the uh, in the third period. They put one in on a six to three advantage. Okay, six men to three because of two <laughs> two penalties and a pulled goalie. It was silly looking. Portillo made tons of saves, but it was a barrage. So then they get one uh, skater back on, or we get one skater back on. It's a six on four advantage. They tap home the third goal with like five seconds to go. Then my boy Bordy, Thomas Bordalo, mucks up the face-off circle to end the nonsense, and we're Big Ten champions. Glorious. I lo- uh, That was quite a recap there, sir. Well done by you. Thank you. Brendan Bersan also had a f- – almost I, – I can't swear like that on this – had a snipe on this game to tie, uh, tie it up one-to-one. Just the one-timer from the corner – Kid is an absolute dead-eye scorer, and he finally broke the slump. Goal streaks at two games now. And we're playing a, a team that is known as American International College, which just sounds like an oxymoron, and that it was made up by a fifth grader. Whom are we playing? That is a um, real place that exists? American International. Guess what state it's in? Ooh, that's an interesting. It's definitely got to be East Coast, or it's it's somewhere out in the, uh, the Midwest. I'm going to say Vermont. Coast. Oh, you are so close, my friend. I was going to say nobody knows, but actually it's in Massachusetts. Oh, I, that was going to be my second guess. And I was like, if not, it's in Minnesota where all these other hockey teams are at. 
Yeah. Springfield, Massachusetts is the home of American International College. And the regional for Michigan's uh, bracket is in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is, again, just kind of weird. So it's a Michigan- grimy place, Allentown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> if you've ever been, it's, it's, it's rough. Michigan- all right, we'll have Jared recaps his weekend to Allentown from <laughs> well, I, was, I was stabbed within 10 minutes of arrival. <laughs> it was a bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, well, what are you going to do? So, yeah, they play Allentown. Michigan's the number one seed. They should beat American International. They're not a very good program. And if they win, they play uh, the winner of Quinnipiac and St. Cloud State. Probably be Quinnipiac, and that'll be tough because they're a good defensive team, solid goaltender. And if Michigan wins that game on Sunday, then next weekend's a Frozen Four, baby. Glorious. And uh, Notre Dame not on our side of the bracket, so we wouldn't have to see those creeps again unless they make it to the to the finals. So that's good. Praise God. Yeah, they're on the complete other side. We only see Notre Dame in the national championship, and that game might actually take years off my life. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I'll bring home some cigarettes for you. They make them better down here. <laughs> Michigan's had, I believe, nine losses all hockey season, and four of them are Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. Those creeps can skate, man. Say what you will. (laughs) Say what you will about Notre Dame, but they know a way to just stop us, stymie our offense from somehow. God, I can't stand Notre Dame. It's like Notre Dame hockey is like Ohio State football or Michigan State basketball to us. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. And uh, it was also great watching them lose in basketball, too. Add that to the uh, the fire of our our burning rivals. I enjoyed that. (laughs) Just more tears to pour in the cup as we stare at a banner that says 42-27. Delicious. Um, Some not-so-great news that happened at Michigan's Pro Day, though. David Ojabo, torn Achilles, happened during a non-contact drill. Uh, He's going to be out at least six months. That's the timetable that they had for Cam Akers when he had the same injury. So uh, hopefully gets a chance to to play next year with whoever uh, drafts him, but this undoubtedly is going to negatively impact his draft stock it's it's very sad to see it's part of the game unfortunately and the play it it hurts Ojabo the most like some team is going to get an absolute steal now in the second third or god forbid fourth round because he's going to lose that sign on bonus and everything else there but when he's on the field he's going to more than recoup his cost in that second contract I guarantee it it's the kind of player he is the kind of tenacity he has with the journey that somebody like David Ojabo and his family have endured uh, coming overcoming a torn Achilles is going to be nothing to him. I have no, I have the utmost faith in that. I think so too. It does suck because he was in line for a huge payday, a payday so big that honestly, if you mortgage it well, should take care of you and your family for the rest of your lives. If you're drafted in the first round, uh, if he drops to the third, well, it's not quite that kind of payday now. Um, hopefully he doesn't fall that far. I don't think he will because he's expected to come back next year. So uh, I don't think he'll fall that far. But yeah, second round, maybe third round. It is a bummer for him man. one of the most instantly likable guys, a guy that you're just obviously rooting for. And his family, like like you said, coming from where they came from. I mean, it's not like Aiden Hutchinson. If Aiden Hutchinson didn't get this draft, like the the payday he's about to get, I think he's going to be just fine. Dude's going to go be a surgeon with his dad. Exactly. And the thing with uh, David Ojabo's injury, you made the great comparison that people have been referencing to Cam Akers. That's a six-month recovery. If he's back in six months, that's the middle of September. He has the whole football season in front of him, so it's not like you're drafting a guy and just shelving him for a year and a half. He can just miss a few games and hopefully get back on the field. 
Right, exactly. And uh, when he's on the field, he's an absolute instant impact guy. Did you have any issues with the way that that injury was handled? I don't know if you saw the video. It was making the rounds that a lot of the trainers kind of seemed very impersonal and kind of uh, cold towards David Ojabo when he went down. Did you have any thoughts on that? It's the nature of the business. I don't romanticize it, but I also don't I don't condone that behavior. I don't like it, but I understand that's how the game is and me being upset about it's not going to change it. Everyone knows this when they like become football players or they chase this dream that you're a commodity. Like you are that's what you are and if you get hurt it's not going to be like freaking out like <coughs> excuse me a mom on a, a playground field of youth sports. It's a lot different. And if you pretend it's going to be anything else than that, then I think you're just kind of lying to yourself to keep that childlike wonderment of a wonderment of fantasy. So it sucks to see, but I I came to terms a long time ago of that's the way it is. You're you're so right, man, and that was very well put. Um, I, especially with professional football, I think that's one that it's the the most difficult to romanticize professional football because things like Deshaun Watson getting two hundred and thirty million dollars on the team that also has Kareem Hunt, and you know, and then saying, you know, we we care deeply about you know women's and these issues. Like, well, no, you don't. Like, so don't don't say that you do. Just admit that you know it's all about winning. Admit that this is the biggest business there is, and, and go about your day. Like, don't don't even try and lie to us because we're not stupid we see it it's it's cold it's calculating it's unfortunate but you know college football doesn't have a lot of those problems and that's why you know we're a college college fans you and i a lot easier to romanticize aiden hutchinson you know chanting in the snow you know the hutch for heisman chants after 42 27 that's romantic Exactly. That's romantic. And also good things about the Michigan program this week was the announcement of the first female graduate assistant in all of Power 5 football. Mike Morris's sister is now a GA on this team, going to work with the quarterbacks. That's awesome. And she has a cannon for an arm. I don't know if you saw the video of her throwing it. Yeah, this isn't just like, oh, we need a token woman on this team. Like she actually knows what she's doing out there. So this is a it is a great PR move, but it's definitely a warranted position that she earned. Leaders and best. First ones out there. Congratulations to her. Very excited. Hope uh, nothing but the best. And uh, it's quite a staff that they've built for this year. I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm interested to see where the recruiting goes. It should really start to tick up. I'd be surprised if our recruiting isn't like a top 10 this year, at least top 10 this year. Yeah. I want to see that as well. Also, I'm slowly just trying to work with uh, Jesse Minter's hair. It hasn't done it for me much in the hype videos so far, though. I understand. I understand. We'll give it some time. Yeah, it's, he's only been in Ann Arbor, you know, for like a month or so now. Like, got to find the good barber shop because I get son, it. We need some work. Yeah, needs. <laughs> yeah, did you cut that yourself last time? Because it shows. He's on the Mark Davis plan. <laughs> it's it's very frugal. <laughs> oh it is man, not great! But the rest of the clips this week have been good. Just you know, basic excitement, over analyzing Donovan Edwards getting touches and all of that. So. Uh, <sighs> Besides the Ojabo news, it's been nothing but positivity coming out of the football program. Yeah, and uh, you know it's nice that we don't even really have to go into our bag for off-season content yet because Michigan is is just dominating in so many sports right now. So that's lovely. But there will be more, uh, you know, ranting, raving, and diagnosing three-second footage of uh, of Donovan Edwards juking somebody out. That's coming this off-season. Oh. It's like you worried about Chris Jank Chris Jenkins lateral quickness. Did you see his first step into the A gap? I'm terrified. <laughs> Man, Chris Jenkins and Mike Morris starting to be pretty sold on that. Yeah, I, I'm, you're not going to fight me on that, man. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. It's the off season. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, you got anything else before we get out of here? I do have one moment before we close. Remove the goggles. 
You go ahead, sir. Let's get into it. It's time to remove the goggles. Just because something is the newest does not mean it is the best. I went and saw the Batman, Matt Reeves, the Batman. It's a really good movie. The first half, the first uh, hour and a half, I would even say, are like seven meets Chinatown. It's like a detective noir thriller. It's awesome. But the the comparisons that it's immediately the best. We hear this about every movie that comes out now. Oh, this is the best movie ever. Really? All the best movies were made in 2022? Like there's nothing from, from the past that that couldn't possibly rank higher than this. So I just think that we need to maybe, you know, pump the brakes when these things come out and we're very excited and we get recency bias about all things. Um, and we do it about sports too, to tie this back into sports. Like, is this maybe the greatest Michigan tournament run of all time? Well, no, it's not. Not yet, at least. You know, you got to give these things time and simmer. And I'm not even saying the Batman couldn't end up being the best of all of the bunch, but we just need to pump the brakes a little bit, guys, because Batman Returns is an absolute masterclass. I'm sorry. The Dark Knight? Yeah, come on. Like, stop the blasphemy. Stop the tomfoolery. No, you're 100% right on this. Like, you you know we're in agreement because I saw the Batman as well. I was a little more down on it than you were. But just because something is new does not make it the best by any means at all. Just enjoy it for what it is. Comparison is the thief of joy. Just let it be what it is. Like, you don't have to, oh, where does it rank now? I know it's fun content sometimes. And sure. you know, we, we all get a little down for it. But, like. Let's let's not let's not jump the gun here. Like, right. like we're, we'll have some ranking Batman segments coming up and things like that. But especially with teams like you don't want to jump the gun on ranking these teams like just appreciate it for what it is. The ups, downs, highs and lows. Let some time pass so it can lend some perspective. Right. One hundred percent. Like, I don't want to rank where uh, last year's Michigan Wolverines football team is because, you know, as of right now, I'd rank them pretty damn high. You know, like, yeah. it, but it's still fresh in my soul and stuff. You got to let these things sit and simmer for a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. Jared, right now, off the top of your head, what are your five favorite Batman movies? <sighs> um, Batman Returns, The Dark Knight, The Lego Batman, nice. um, and Batman Begins. That's only four, isn't it? Uh, and then uh, ba- the Batman original with Nicholson. 89. Oh, dude, we... Of course, of course, we have the same top five, just slightly different order. I Let's have go. The Dark Knight. I have 89 uh, Begins, Lego Batman Returns. Fantastic. I, I have no no notes. It's a great, great <laughs> top. <laughs> and I will say, though, I ride for both Joel Schumacher movies for different reasons. I like Batman Forever because I never had a bad time, and it's got an amazing soundtrack. And as far as Batman and Robin go, it might be the one of the best, worst movies ever made. It's 100% a, a, it's a circus tent fire, the whole thing, and I love watching it, both of them. Batman Forever, if it's on, I'm watching it. Kiss from a Rose, give me a break. God, it's just, it's so much. What's the one Batman you'll avoid? That would probably be the uh, Dark Knight Returns, the third of the Nolan one. I don't really get a lot of joy from that one. Yeah, Rises. I don't get a ton of joy from that one. Um, And then uh, anything that Zack Snyder did. That's I'm 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 Zack Snyder ones first. I would always avoid, and then it's uh, rises for me. Actually, if you count like the '60s Adam West one, because you know I'm not like in a nursing home and just need like joy like that desperately. So that's pretty low <laughs> as well. But yeah, those, the are, Zack Snyder, hol- those like, are hilarious though. At one point, he has shark spray in order to get <laughs> a giant shark from attacking him, like anti shark spray. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> It's a fair point, but also the uh, 
Yeah, the thing is with the Zack Snyder ones, I like Batfleck, but I just don't like the movies. No, no, and they're they're way too dark, and like it's hard to get into any of the characters. They're very wooden. I'm just not a Zack Snyder guy myself. I, I think he's dramatically overrated. But that's yeah. that's a, that's another podcast. <laughs> so again, point being, just because it's new doesn't make it the best. Exactly. I love that both of us had some of the '80s, uh, '90s, the Tim Burton's on that list too. Those are absolute classics. Keaton's my Batman. Like that's my favorite Batman through and through. A hundred percent. Yeah. Did you, were you cool with the Pattinson portrayal though? Like, did you like him as Batman? I liked Pattinson. I didn't like some of the choices. Like they obviously wanted him to go for, cause it just felt like Kurt Cobain fighting the Zodiac killer, like just a little too <laughs> on the nose for me at times. But I did like, I do like Bob Pattinson. Yeah. I think he did fine with it. Um, you know, it's a difficult character to make super, uh, super appealing, but I think he did all right with the, the material there. I love the Catwoman. Um, I loved commissioner Gordon. Um, Riddler was pretty cool. Uh, but the penguin stole the show. Colin Farrell is the penguin. Like that's, that's why I'd probably go back and watch it again is that dude was killing it. That one's fun. Uh, some of the, uh, some of the Paul Dano gets so silly for me. Like just like chews up some scenery. Does, Chewing you know, on it. Just, he just does some of that. Supporting cast is good. Yeah, John Turturro is fantastic as He's well. There, there's a lot of positives. I was just a uh, a victim of my own expectations. Like I think I set them too high just based on the chatter around it, and that's sure. how I was let down. When I watch it again with a clear perspective, I think I might appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the whole point of this Remove the Goggles. So, all right, sir, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Make sure that you like, share, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Music, wherever. You can follow us on Twitter, at Maze Brew. I am Jared. That is Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue.